The Edge of the World Art Studio is proud to present Helen of the Iron Horse, written by Paris Danielle Lee. Artwork by Helen Rachel Lee. Music by Fish Zombie the Onions. And special thanks to Spooky the Cat for her contributions, fuzzy as they might be. Chapter 74 The Truth, Some Lies, A Few Rumors, and A Lot of Innuendo. 1883, January 20th, Denver, Colorado. Six days before the dance, the following ad ran in the paper. The Amazon is proud to announce the New Year's resolution dance. January 20th. Live music and lively girls are waiting to dance with you, for a price, and the bar will be open should you dance yourself into a thirst. A full restaurant will be open for those hungry for more and a market if you find some things you'd like to take home. All are welcome. Let us show you a woman's touch. At the Walker Farm, on the northeast bank of Sloan's Lake. This editorial ran two days later. A New Year's resolution dance. I encourage every right-minded and righteous-thinking man and woman in this city to avoid this event and any woman proud to put it on. This event is being held by degenerates deviants, and prostitutes. It is an excuse to indulge in debauchery and drunkenness, the likes of which have not been seen since Sodom and Gomorrah. Every step taken towards attendance is a step closer to hell. Reverend Prince Montgomery. The next day, an ad ran. It was a reprint of the first ad with the Reverend's editorial and a note added to the bottom. The note simply said, I promise... Every word of the statement is true. Celia Hart, Queen of the Amazons. Paris found Naomi in the kitchen, giving last-minute instructions to the prostitutes she had borrowed from the brothel. Each of them was to carry a dance cart, and if they had an empty slot, they were to return to Naomi to see if anyone had bought a dance with them, so she could fill in the name of the person they were to dance with and for which dance. There would be about twenty dances in all, they were not allowed to fill in any of the spots themselves or allow any suitor to fill them in. Naomi would take care of the money and assign the dances. Twenty-five cents per dance. Aphrodite had also given Naomi permission to arrange any other special requests that the guests may wish to make. So for that night, Naomi was acting as the lady, and her nervousness was obvious as she went over the rules for the fifth time. She dismissed the girls to get ready. The temporary quarters for the migrant farm workers who came by the farm during the harvest season were redecorated into small rooms for each girl so they can put their makeup on and have a place to go back to should one of those special requests need fulfillment. Thalia kissed Paris on the cheek, then left with the other girls so she could help them get ready. Paris took a deep breath and sat across from Naomi, who was making notes into a ledger. Naomi, I'd like to... Paris stopped as Naomi looked at her with one finger in the air. One moment, whiskey girl. I'll be right with you. Naomi continued to make notes in her ledger. It will only take a moment. I just wanted to pay you for the dance tonight, exclaimed Paris. Pay me? Pay me for what? Naomi asked, finally setting down her pen and closing the book. For Thalia. I'd like to buy her dances for the night. There are twenty of them, right? That should be five dollars? No, 
Well, how much is it then? No, I don't mean no. That's not how much it is. That's how much it is. I mean you can't have them. Why not? Because I need Thalia. She's the best girl out there, and I can't have her tied up not showing off while you deal with some drunk. I want her on the dance floor the whole night. And you're working. You're supposed to be security. You can't be dancing all night. I'm sure it won't be that bad. People are generally okay most of the time. Every once in a while, I might have to throw someone out. But the Viper will help me with that. It should take a couple minutes. There's also the fact that we're trying to make money. So I wouldn't do it even if I could. Your money already belongs to Celia. You're Celia's girl. So taking your money isn't making any more for us as a whole. What do you mean, if you could? Ah. You're too late. Thalia's card is already full. You haven't started selling them yet. Who could have possibly bought all her dances already? Oh, honey, you're going to find out anyway, so there's no point in hiding it. Louis reserved her three days ago. He's one of Thalia's regular customers, and we want to keep him on the hook, so he gets priority. I'm sorry, whiskey girl. You were too slow on the draw this time. Not even one? I can't even have one dance? You can have all the dances you want any other day. I have lent you my girl for free when I don't need her, but tonight I need her. She's got work to do, and so do you. Did you forget our little deal? I didn't forget anything. But I figured my money was as good as anyone else's. I know. It's frustrating. But I promise we'll find a way to make it up to you later. Just relax and focus on security. You're not dressed. Go get dressed. Celia has something special for you. Go, go on, put it on. That's an order. You're not the queen. No. Tonight, I'm the lady. And the lady trumps a queen every time. Now, go on, get. Naomi pointed to the back rooms. Paris got up, shook her head, and made her way back to her bedroom. In Paris's room, set on the bed, there was a box. Paris knew it contained the suit that Penthesilia had bought her. She opened it to find it was a black suit with a white shirt. On top sat a bolo tie. At its center was an onyx stone carved with the imprint of a coyote's paw. Cassandra was working in the kitchen, making sure that the chickens were ready and flowing for all of the sandwiches they were planning to sell. Penthesilia was acting as host and Naomi was taking money for the girls. Eloni and Mary were working the store. Elsebe worked the bar. Hey, boss, you look down. Do you want a drink? Elsebe poured a shot of Applejack into a small whiskey glass and slid it in front of Paris, who was sitting at the bar watching the barn fill with customers. It's Anna. You can call me Anna, Paris explained. Of course, boss. Drink up. This batch came out especially good. Elsebe had been one of William's waitresses. She was one of the first to be recruited by Cassandra when Penthesilia found out Alcibi and her brothers had run a still in the backwoods, she assigned her to assist Paris so she could help in the creation of the Applejack. Alcibi was not only good, but taught Paris a few new tricks. Paris liked the girl, even though she would not drop the habit of calling her boss. Alcibi became a regular at the early morning boxing lessons and liked to tag along when Paris and Cassandra went out shooting. As the new girls that Penthesilia hired found their place among the Amazons, Paris had tried to avoid the responsibility of being in charge of anyone. 
spending her time either with Thalia or on her own. But like Cassandra, somehow she could not shake Alcibi, who wedged herself into Paris's daily routine. Now, Paris worried she relied on her too much, but she appreciated the idea of having another assistant. Thank you, Alice. But I don't think I should be drinking anything today, Paris said. Come on, one little drink won't hurt. Besides, you have to test it for quality, right? You're right, for quality. Paris picked up her glass and drank it. Well, what do you think? Alcibi asked as she took the empty glass back. I would like to have given it a little more time to age, but whatever is left from this year's batch, we'll put it away till next year. We're going to have to buy some oak kegs. I'll talk to Celie about it tomorrow. You gonna tell me what's eating you up? Alcibi narrowed her eyes. Nothing is eating me up. I'm fine. I don't know, boss. You look worried. It's a big night. I'm sure I'm a little worried, but I'm confident nothing is going to go wrong. Now we're doomed, said Philocides as he sat next to Paris at the bar. You want a drink, Viper? Alcibi asked as he sat. Nah, I'm okay. How many has she had? Just a small sip. Celia's already told me what I can and can't give her. I don't drink that much, Paris complained. Sure you don't, whiskey girl, Philocides retorted. I'm fine. I just want you to shoot straight. We are not going to need to shoot anybody. Then why are you carrying six guns? I'm not carrying six guns. I'm carrying eight guns. Paris pulled up one of her sleeves to show the custom-made bracers with the small revolvers set in them. Well, that's at least six guns too many. What are you planning to do, following your grandfather's footsteps? Take on the entire cavalry by yourself? He died because he ran out of bullets. I won't. <laughs> Point taken. But if we ain't planning to shoot anyone tonight, what's with the arsenal? I don't have a fantasy story to intimidate people into backing down. I just have to intimidate them. Fine, fine. But if we get into a scuffle, you go in first. And if you can't punch your way out of it, I'll be right behind you. Don't worry. I can punch my way out of anything. Oh, boss, so manly. I bet your girlfriend just falls all over you when you talk like that. Alcibi teased. Alice, what goes on between me and Thalia is private and not up for discussion. Paris insisted. Alcibi and Philocides both laughed. Boss, I don't want to have to be the one to tell you. What happens between you and Thalia is most of what keeps us all entertained. I'm sure you'd rather it be a secret, but we all already know you tried to buy her for the night and got shut down. There are girls who don't even work for Celia who check in just to hear the news of what's been going on between the two of you. Sarah asked me to write a column in the paper, she explained. She did not, Paris complained. All right, maybe not, but it would help to keep everyone up to date. She smiled. Well, that's the price of fame. Live it up while you can, whiskey girl. Philocides slapped Paris on the back. Don't get too comfortable on your high horse, Viper. The boss may be the first thing on everyone's lips, but you are second. Me? I ain't, I ain't done nothing. Philocides raised his hands in surrender. Ain't done nothing except sleep with the queen. Did you think that wasn't going to get around? You what? When? That night you came to ask... Oh my god. I have to talk to Celia. 
Paris tried to get up from her stool, but Philocides set a hand on her shoulder and gently pressed her back down. Don't, don't go talk to Celia about it. I'm, I'm still not quite sure where we stand. Let's, let's not drag this out until it's something I know what to do with. Philocides picked up the glass of Applejack and drank it. He leaned forward and talked in a whisper. Yes, we spent that night together. And there's been a couple of nights since here and there, but in the daytime, she acts like nothing has happened, and maybe nothing did happen. It's just sex, right? I don't, I don't know. It's weird. But God, she's just so, oh, I, I don't know. I have no idea what you're saying, Paris replied. Just, just let me figure it out. Come on, everybody's showing up. Let's walk around a bit. Philocides stood up from his stool and began to wander away. Paris turned to Alcibi. If he thinks I'm not asking Celia about this, he's insane. Have you seen her? Last I saw her, she was talking to the mayor. The mayor is here. Yeah, the mayor, his wife, the judge, the postmaster, and a couple of cavalry officers. There's cavalry here? Paris stiffened. Yeah, what's wrong with the cavalry? Nothing. I'm sure it's fine. Just my family has a history with the cavalry. But that was a long time ago. Is the sheriff here? No, no one has seen him since the fight. But I heard he's back to work. Although rumor is people keep leaving feminine looking things where he can find them. Like ladies magazines. And someone switched his coffee cup for a teacup. Shit like that. Damn it. I warned him that would happen. But some people won't see an olive branch when you give them one. What about the minister? Montgomery. He's not here. But the Catholic priest is. He is? Yeah, apparently he and Pastor Montgomery don't get along. So Montgomery said not to come. He's sure to be here. Yeah, well, me and Montgomery don't get along very well either, so I know where he's coming from. Thanks, Alice. Anytime, boss. And Alice. Yeah? Have you ever considered a job as a spy? Only for you, boss. Somehow I doubt that. I'll be back. An hour from now, I'm allowed to give you another drink. So be sure to stop in. Paris walked the perimeter of the dance, keeping an eye on everything, but as she expected, people were on their best behavior. After all, they were in their best clothes, and no one wants to start a fight when they're all dressed up. She tried not to watch Thalia dance with Louis, and in between dances, she resisted the temptation to try and steal her away, but didn't mean to avoid her. And she was afraid she was, but she didn't know what else to do. She checked on Cassandra in the kitchen, and everything there was fine. She checked on Mary and Alone at the shop, but they were too busy to talk. She made the rounds a couple more times, and then an hour later found herself back at the bar, accepting her drink. Alcibi didn't give her much, but Paris was working, so she was just happy to get anything. Naomi walked up to her. I'm sorry about earlier, whiskey girl. I should have warned you, but I was hoping you weren't going to ask. Then there wouldn't have been any drama, Naomi said as she sat down. Naomi, have you ever had a boyfriend? <laughs> no, not a boyfriend, Naomi replied. You had a girlfriend? Paris perked up and turned to look at her. No, not really. Well, in a way, maybe. There was hope, but life doesn't always give you what you want. Some things just don't work out. I'm sorry about tonight. It's okay. 
I understand. Do you? I have a proposal for you. Well, not me, but Florence has a proposal for you. Who is Florence? The mayor's wife. What's the proposal? She wants dance. With one of the girls? <laughs> With you. Me? I am not for sale. Now, now hear me out. Florence is an important person in this city. She is the mayor's wife, and she has him wrapped round her little finger. It's important that we make a good impression on her, and let her know we're available if she needs us. The Amazon is starting to collect enemies. It would be best if we cultivated any friendships we could find, and this is a big one. So, if you're not going to do it for me, do it for Celia. You're her girl, ain't you? You would fight anyone she asked you to. Why not dance when she needs it? I'm not on the menu. And that's what I told Florence. Then she offered me double. And I told her no. And then she offered me double that. And I told her no. And, well, I said I would ask you when she got up to six dollars. It would help us all out a lot. And it's only one dance. <laughs> I don't know. I should ask Thalia if it's okay. It's just a dance, Whiskey Girl. It's not a marriage proposal. Thalia will understand more than anyone else. Naomi, this doesn't seem like the right time. You want to know Thalia better? You want to understand me better? Then step into our shoes for five minutes. Florence has offered me six dollars. That's more than if she bought you all night. And all she wants is one dance. Fine. You're right. One dance. How much of the six dollars do I get? I don't know. That's between you and Celia. You're not my girl. Now come on, I'll introduce you. Paris and Naomi got up. She offered Naomi her arm, as if she was escorting her, even though it was Naomi who knew where they were going. Paris turned back to Alcibi, who was innocently cleaning a glass. Not a word of this to anyone, Paris instructed her. My lips are sealed, boss, Alcibi claimed, but a smile on her face said something else. Florence sat at a table in the restaurant. Next to her sat the mayor, his top hat on the table. In front of them were two plates with a few bites taken out of each of them. They each had a glass of Applejack and were sipping at them. Naomi took a slight bow before she spoke. Sir, may I introduce our resident gunslinger, Anna Lee. Anna, this is Calvin Cook, the mayor of Denver, and his wife, Florence. Naomi pushed Paris forward. Paris wondered why she'd been introduced to the mayor first when she was there to meet his wife. She shook his hand as he offered it to her. Miss Lee, please, won't you have a seat? The mayor asked. I apologize, but I must go. There are things that need my attention. Naomi said as she turned and left Paris still standing. Please, sit down. And don't be nervous. Being mayor really isn't that big of a deal. Anyone can become mayor as long as they have enough money, Florence explained. It's a little more difficult than that, the mayor countered. Oh yes, of course, you also have to be a man. Florence unfolded her fan and used it to hide her face as the mayor glared at her. He decided to ignore her jab and turned to face Paris instead. They call you the Whiskey Girl. Why? I made the Applejack. It's from my recipe, Paris explained. And that's why they call you 
whiskey girl? Because you distill whiskey. Yes, Paris lied. That's not what I heard, Florence interrupted. I heard they call you the whiskey girl because you're a hopeless drunk. There is always hope, if you look in the right places, Paris answered. There is, young lady, the mayor responded. And you're a boxer. I've been to your matches. You are quite impressive. Where did you learn to box like that? My father was a professional when he was younger. He taught me and my brothers. You have family in town? No, not in Denver. We live in a small town to the south. The sheriff claims you cheated at the matches, the mayor said. I understand what he believes, and I don't know why Thomas would have told him that. But I think I prove beyond any doubt that I both can and did beat them legitimately. Paris straightened and began to back away from the table. No, don't go. I'm sorry if my husband was rude. Yes, please. I was at the matches. I saw what happened, and I know a real fight when I see one. How did you know you could win? I studied boxing. I have sparred with former professionals. Thomas and the sheriff may have been in a few street fights and bar brawls, but I have spent over seven years honing my skills, and I could tell they had not. Will there be a fight tonight? We haven't planned anything, and we're hoping everything can stay civil. Paris explained. But if something got out of hand... I would take care of it. With your fist or your gun? Asked Florence. I would do what needed to be done, Paris said. Wouldn't we all? The mayor replied. And what happened to Thomas? Florence asked. I don't know. Um, word is he left town as opposed to sticking around and being made fun of. He has family in St. Louis. He's probably there. Paris lied. Rumor is he's dead, Florence stated. Any journey, especially at this time of year, even with the modern convenience of the train, can be perilous. All I know is Alone hasn't heard from him. But then their relationship didn't end well either, so no one is expecting to hear from him. Relax. We're not the police, and we're not investigating. We're just fascinated by Denver's new champion. May I ask you a personal question? Florence leaned in closer. As opposed to the questions you've already asked me? Yes, said Florence. (sighs) Go ahead. Paris braced herself. Are you sleeping with one of the ladies' prostitutes? (laughs) I have a girlfriend. We live together. She works for Naomi. And that is as much as I will say. The rest is personal. But since you can get that much of the story from anyone... I have no reservations in sharing it. Paris spoke carefully, and for a second she reminded herself of her father. So, are you a lesbian? Florence asked. The word is an easy way of explaining a complex situation. I don't deny it. Paris again spoke carefully. Have you ever been with a man? The mayor asked. No, I have not. Why not? I have not met any that aroused my interest. What if you were paid to? I don't work for Naomi. I have agreed to one dance with your wife as a special favor. 
but the rest of my favors are only given at my discretion. Speaking of, the waltz is about to begin, and my wife does so love a waltz. I would take her myself, but I broke my hip when I was younger, and now, at my age, it's best not to antagonize it. I understand. Then we should make our way to the dance floor. Paris stood and offered Florence her arm. She felt on edge. They wanted something from her, but she could not understand what. Did they want her to beat someone up for them? Did they want her to gun someone down? There were not many steps from gunslinger to mercenary to assassin. She'd given Euricity her word that her gun would only be used to defend her family. But she was worried if pressured, Penthesilia may ask for something else. And if Penthesilia asked, Paris wasn't sure what she would do. Florence stood and took Paris's arm. Thank you, Miss Lee. I have been looking forward to this. Florence smiled. You can call me Anna. No, Miss Lee. I don't think I will. This has been Helen of the Iron Horse. Written by Paris Lee. Artwork by Helen Lee. Performed by Helen and Paris. All characters within are fictional and bear no intentional resemblance to anyone living or dead. Except, I guess, for Helen and Paris. See more of our work at edgeoftheworldart.com. If you would like to comment on the show or ask any question, please email us at helenoftheironhorse at gmail.com. The proceeding was made with the love and encouragement of all of our friends at the LA LGBT Center's Trans Lounge. Thank you.